Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rock Squad podcast, your destination for the latest in rock music news, reviews, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Chino. I'm joined by my co-host and bandmate. It's Dave Marini. What's up, Dave? Hey, everybody. How's it going? Before we get started today, make sure you go down to the bottom of this video and you subscribe to our channel, the Rock Squad Pod. Also, like this video. And if you have any comments about this video, please be sure to fill it in in the comment box below. You can find the Rock Squad Pod on Instagram, on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Red Coast Records. Nick, my friend, how are you? Doing okay, man. Yeah, I, uh, I got a record in the in the mail the other day. Nice. I thought I would show it here on the show. I did get what the is it? version uh, earlier a couple weeks ago, but I got the new nice gallagher uh back the way we came volume one lp and this thing uh it's cool man it's pretty heavy duty uh two lps you got the little uh you got very cool the track list with some uh, little anecdotes about each of the songs from noel um and then uh the records themselves i didn't i didn't get any fancy uh colored vinyl or anything like that just the regular didn't throw it in for you what Uncle Noel didn't throw it in for you? No. Well, you know, I could have gotten the fancier version on his website, but anyways. Awesome. Looks little, good. Look how shiny that is. Doesn't that look so, so nice and shiny? It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. And uh, it's a solid compilation too. Like if, if you're, even if um you're a diehard Oasis fan or Noel Gallagher fan, or even if you're a new fan who wants to listen to Noel and, you know, you heard him on Spotify or anything like that and you want to get more into his music, uh, this is a great entry into noel gallagher's solo stuff he's got a lot of strong sure. material yeah man it reminds me kind of like when uh, aerosmith did big one yeah you know where it was like just like the perfect combination of like hits and newies and yeah it's good it's cool that's the first cd i ever bought big ones big ones it was definitely on my top like it was it was in my top 10 like my first 10 that i got like yeah i had i had some foo fighters I had Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. I had, uh, what else? I had, I had that. I had, yeah, there's a few. There's a few goodies. Good, a few yeah. good top tens for sure. I don't know if it's uncool for me to say that one of my first CDs was also Hootie and the Blowfish. Cracked uh, You view. know what? Yeah. You can throw Hootie and the Blowfish and I'll trump you with a Counting Crows. <laughs> Counting Crows is not bad though. Yeah. yeah. I still, you know, this kind of relates to our next conversation, but I think that music still holds up. I, I don't listen to Hootie on the reg or anything, but it's still good music. Sure. Oh, the dude, they were, uh, you know, both Counting Crows and Hootie and the Blowfish for pop rock and that, that time frame of music. They were, you know, for pop writers, they were in a class of their own for sure. Yeah, for sure. And that, like I said, that relates to uh, our next topic here on the soundcheck. And uh, that's the Eve six rock album review that I did on the channel. Cool. Uh, that's up there right now, a uh, review of their new EP called grim value. And um, we talked a little bit about Eve six uh, on the show previously, but this, this new EP is, is not good in my opinion. Uh, it's really? been, it's been nine years since they released uh, their last batch of new music, which was excellent. Their last album speaking code was great, but this new thing, Dave, from, from our perspective, it's it's 15 minutes of music. There's a couple of songs that I related to to saying in, in my review that the songs reminded me of when we when we jam with the band and sometimes during jams, we just write joke songs and we'll just mess around and sure, uh, say sure. stupid things and just, just have fun. And that's what sure. they recorded and put on their EP. There's 15 Ooh. minutes of music. And then one song is a complete instrumental. So that feels a little bit like a waste to me. 
Um, so I didn't like this new EP. And then uh, I was thinking about in the, in the review about how with nineties bands, especially like Eve six or third eye blind, or, uh, you know, bands that kind of came about in the late nineties, uh, they're looked at as being very much of their era and not as being current bands. And I was wondering if Eve six, even though they've had a lot of notoriety for being on Twitter lately and doing a lot of that kind of thing, that maybe they're trying to fight against the, the whole 90s one hit wonder rock band thing and deconstruct the image a little bit more than they have in the past. That's what I felt they were doing. It's too late. It's too <laughs> fucking late. It's already done. You can't just take back that you're a, that you're known as a one hit wonder in most yeah. parts of the world. Like, yeah, no, that that ship has sailed, my friends. You've you've built a career on one song. But they have great music on all their records. They, and that's they, the thing they, they do. They do. I agree. I agree. I, I am an E6 fan, but like you can't turn your back. It's like bands that have been like legacy bands for 30, 40 years and they go play their shows and they're like, all right, I hope you want to hear the new record. Like, <laughs> no, nobody wants to hear the new record. They want to yeah. hear the hits. Just play the hits. So yeah, yeah that's sure. really disappointing that the uh, EP didn't uh, float your boat because uh, I'm normally down for whatever they're pumping out and they're, uh, they're known for putting out some pretty quality material, especially yeah. the stuff that you don't hear about. And like, we've been talking about that too. We talked about that earlier today about how they're one of the bands that fall into those bands that if you're not in their maybe designated touring cycle that you'll never hear that they have new music out unless you're a mm -hmm. diehard and you right. follow them online and you follow their, their mailing list and stuff. And there's tons of bands that fall into that, that category where it, you know, up in Canada, at least you think that the band has stopped making music. Like you said, like a third eye blind or uh, you know, like Everclear Right. or um, American Hi-Fi, or Goldfinger, or MXP. Like, there's a ton of bands that um, were very prominent in the mid to late 90s, maybe even into the 2010s, that for whatever reason, uh, you know, new labels, the, the, new, the new world of music, they don't get the same push in the uh, outer reaches that they might have back in the day, back in the 90s and the heyday. So they're definitely one of those bands. So that's disappointing to hear that it was... Uh, such a shit show. I have I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm definitely gonna give it a spin to see what you're talking about. That's that's uh that's a little disappointing. And I'm thinking I don't want to even do it. Well, it's worth a listen just just once. I felt like it was something yeah. I would never re-listen to. And as someone is, yeah, I was talking about their last record, Speaking Code, that came out in 2012. Uh, it was such a great record. With the the songwriting was so great. The performances, the production is amazing. It's just high quality rock music. And on this new EP, it feels very lazy. Uh, I know they lost a drummer over the last couple of years. He was a really great drummer. The new the new drummer is great as well. Tony's um, not in the band anymore. Uh, I'm not too sure what. It, yeah, I don't think so. Tony Ferguson, right? Wasn't yeah. that the drummer for a long time? Yeah, I think yeah. They have a new they have a new drummer now. Um, Tony brought just, the goods, man. It doesn't feel like their their hearts are in it, and not that they have to be. I think they they still are very much uh, you know riding on being a, a touring band for being a '90s. I don't really call them a one-hit wonder, maybe a two-hit wonder or a three-hit wonder. Sure. Um, and yeah, yeah good, Third Eye Blast Week is cool. And you know, they're, they're still going strong. I understand the public perception's not there. And I think Eve Six is fighting a little bit against it. I was talking about how Max Collins from uh, Eve Six is on Twitter a lot, uh, talking about tour stories from the 90s, uh, calling Inside Out the Heart in a Blender song, um, and just generally acting kind of weird. And that's fine. But that's a good way to get attention, but the music itself does not does not uh, do it for me. Yeah, it's 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 brutal too because it's been so long. Like it's mm -hmm. almost been ten years since they've released something, right? Yeah. 
So to release something, like you know, you're if you think you're going to release an, an EP, um, you better make sure all five are killer. Right. You know what I mean? Like especially if you're you're making fans wait a decade. Like why are you even doing it then? Yeah, for sure. I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. Come on, Eve Six, step it up, Eve Six. Step it up. You can check out the Rock Album Review up on the the Rock Squad channel right now. So let's get to the main part of our show. We're going to get to our headliner topic in just a little bit. We're going to be talking about uh, Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit hitting 1 billion streams on uh, Spotify. But first, we have to get to our opening act topics of the week. The first one being that the Foo Fighters have released a Mark Ronson reversion of their song called Making a Fire, uh, which is the lead track from Medicine at Midnight, a great uh, rock and roll song from Foo Fighters on that record. But they've done a new thing with Mark Ronson and created a lounge slash soul version of Making a Fire uh, that's out right now. It features members of uh, Antibolus, Budos Band, Dap Kings, uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band, uh, and a lot more, including Dave Grohl's uh, daughter Violet is doing some vocals on cool. it as well. It's a really, really cool version. Um, did you have a chance to listen to this Making a Fire version, Dave? Yeah, I thought it was really cool, man. I, I you know, uh, Ronson's always doing fun stuff, and it's interesting to see, uh, you know, them come together and do something really interesting. So, yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's like, you know, there's a lot of that happening right now in Foo Fighters land where it's like, like the, the quality of the Foo Fighters generally is so high that it's tough to really mess it up. So whether it's a documentary or a single or a bad song with Mick Jagger, it's bad, but it ain't that bad in the end of, end of the day. It's yeah. no Eve 6 EP, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you heard any of Mark Ronson's other reversions? He's done a really cool version um, of Britney Spears Toxic that he did with Old Dirty Bastard. This was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's a great, great one. Great one. And then he did, um, what was the other one I was talking about? Just that he does with Phantom Planet, the Radiohead song. With the Radiohead? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And then he's got like good original stuff too. Like he's got the... um, the the uptown special album that he did so he had uptown yeah. funk with bruno yeah, mars yeah. and then he did some songs with tame impala that were really cool um totally, mark man. ronson's a great producer i really love the stuff that he does he's a great producer great pop writer he uh he definitely has his own vision of things and he and he pulls it off nine times out of ten so you have to give him credit for that whether you're a fan of his original stuff or not you know yeah for sure and they, uh, dave Grohl said the song's in six eight and so they had some trouble um kind of converting it into the loungy song that it is it took a little bit of took a little bit of massaging of the song and the tempo and the uh, the overall structure to make it work because yeah it is a little bit you know it's got that very very strange beat in it so i was i was wondering how they would translate that and it's weird when you think the way that dave's Grohl sings a song it's definitely not on the one (laughs) you know he's coming in maybe on the i don't know i don't know the technical term maybe some of our listeners we are musicians but i've i've never looked at that be like oh he's on the one he's on the two but it is maybe on the two or, or something like that that makes it sound just a little bit a little bit left of center which is cool yeah man sometimes the phrasing you know phrasing and writing and phrasing and rewriting or reworking yeah. something is uh, all the difference you know you can make something sound really heavy or really loungy with just how you're how you're phrasing your first couple sentences in a verse you know mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah it's really cool man I'm, I'm stoked yeah you can check that out the uh mark ronson reversion of foo fighters making a fire is out there right now on cool. spotify and wherever else our next opening act topic is that zz top have announced a north american tour it's been a long time uh they've confirmed a 2022 run that they're going to be doing uh to make up for their time that they were off during covid this is a very extensive tour it's going to be basically touring all of the united states coast to coast but it's going to be coming to canada 
as well with uh, stops in BC, Alberta, Quebec, Newfoundland, and then uh, somewhere within our neck of the woods at the Niagara Falls Falls View Casino, which would be nice. a cool place to see uh, to ZZ Top. Uh, so um, I'm a big ZZ Top fan. I wouldn't say diehard, but I love ZZ Top. If they come on the radio, I never turn them off. Uh, when you think about all their hits uh, back in the day, Give Me All Your Love and Sharp Dressed Man, LaGrange, uh, Cheap Sunglasses, um, the song they did from Back to the Future Part 3, Double Back. That's a great song <laughs> as uh, as well. And uh, they just, you know, it's these guys are road dogs. You know, ZZ Top, I don't think these guys are used to being off the road so much. No. So I think they these guys are what, in their 70s now? They got to be, they got to be getting up Mid. there. So, you know, Mid to think 70s. that they're doing a big run like this um uh next year is is pretty cool but i'm just so glad that they're still around they're still kicking ass dude zz top hands down uh one of the greatest american rock bands of Ever. all time Ever, let's yeah. let's just look at it first off they're the longest reigning with the original members all three yeah all three members from the 60s before before the fucking beards before the hot rods yeah. these three yeah. guys were playing playing music Blues, you yeah. listen to you listen to any behind the music or making of a record i was watching one yesterday with queens of the stone age and josh homie said uh every time they go to do drums the only thing he says to the engineer is make it sound like a zz top record yeah and if that doesn't tell you how influential this band is and how fantastic they are mm -hmm. you'll never get it you know and that's you know and we know all about that going in with like references like can you make it sound like that so when guys at that level or that's their go-to for things like that, it's got that sound city thing going. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a great story that I heard of about Eric Clapton. I used to be a big fan of like the Crossroads Festival that happens in Texas. And uh, I've, I've watched a lot of interviews with like the bands that and artists that go down there. And Eric Clapton has a great story of when he first went to Texas with Cream and like the first tour they ever did down there. And they went into a bar. And everyone was ordering drinks and Eric Clapton went up to the jukebox and he went to page one and it was all ZZ Top. And then he went to page two and it was all ZZ Top. <laughs> and he went to page three and it was all ZZ Top. And he turns around and he sees the waitress. He's like, hey, what's the deal with the jukebox? It's all ZZ Top. And she stopped and she looked at him like, and she's like, what else do you need? Yeah. And it's fucking true, man. That yeah. band is as real as it gets. The beards are awesome. The hot rods are awesome. The sexy leg songs are great. I love ZZ Top. I'm I'm definitely going to try to go see them in Niagara Falls, if not Buffalo or around Ontario. They're one of those bands that I've uh, I've never been able to catch live, but I'm a huge fan of. And last time that happened to me, it was the year that Tom Petty died. So right. I, I didn't go to Tom Petty, and I'm, I'm still regretting it to this day. So uh, this year, ZZ Top, I'm going to be there. You want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Fucking ZZ Top. Sure, yeah. ZZ Top. The casino crowd. Beard, buddy. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. Well, you know, the thing is about ZZ Top is that I think uh, they scratch the itch that we look for with a lot of rock that we like, which is high energy, uh, very punchy, very driving rhythm, which is exactly sure. what ZZ Top is all about. When you think about uh, some of those big hits that they had back in the day, or even sure. some of the new stuff that, you know, when I think about like, I gots to get paid and uh, yeah. some of that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, They're very much high energy. Fun. And uh, the, the funniest thing that I've always found about ZZ Top is that Frank Beard, the drummer of ZZ Top, is the only member of the band without a beard. Yeah, and his name's Beard. <laughs> it's perfect on so many levels. They man. probably realized that a long time ago, and there's like, let's go with it. It's cool. That's, that's it. That's fantastic.
Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we're, we're going to CZZ Top 2022. That's it's it. going to happen. Decided we're going. <laughs> we're going. All right. Let's get to our next opening act topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast. And that is Amazon is launching the classic rock vinyl club golden era it's this new vinyl of the month club that they're doing so for 25 bucks a month uh they're gonna send you this you know we're not sponsored by amazon i don't know why we uh we're you know we're, we're like promoting them uh even though i did get this record from amazon no gallagher uh but uh, they'll send you a classic rock album from the 60s and 70s uh in the mail so it's gonna have stuff like led zeppelin and fleetwood mac and pink floyd uh stuff like that so it's selected by a group of of people at amazon uh and i guess it's a good way to catch up on um on records that you might have missed. I know uh, that when it comes to music or really anything, Amazon is, is kind of the enemy. They're a little bit of an evil corporation, especially when you hear about how they treat their workers and how they generally uh, run their business. You know, it's not like we need to be giving Amazon any more of our money. So I'm thinking it's a cool idea, but it is a little bit of a slap in the face to uh, local record stores, mom and pop shops that they, you know, it's their livelihood to sell music. Um, and you get a much more personal experience when you go to a local record store than when you buy from uh, from Amazon. But, you know, if you are a new collector of vinyl, if you're looking to expand your collection, I think this might be a cool way um, to do it. And you know that you're going to be getting at least something decent or at least something that's considered uh, significant in the history of classic rock music. So I suppose it could be cool for, for whoever wants to expand their collection. Let's be very clear here, Nick. This this deal and this promotion is only affecting the big wigs. This is a 1%. Uh, let's line our pockets with easy money. Let's yeah. jump on the vinyl wagon. The only thing that sells right now is vinyl. Let's get in there with the biggest person that sells vinyl and fuck it. Don't <laughs> use it. Don't get this. Don't get this service. I think that you should go to your local record store and you should, uh, go say hi to whoever the guy is behind the counter, ask him to order stuff and hold it for you. Talk person to person with the, with these people. I think that everything that you just said is fantastic in theory until you start looking at the actual people that are affected by mm -hmm. it. This isn't helping new music. This isn't helping new bands. This is just pushing reissues of catalogs. This is what, this is what has been inflating the, the vinyl numbers already where people are like, Oh, vinyl's hot again. And it yeah. is if you're in the 1% of the reissue catalog. So mm -hmm. it's awesome. And if you like vinyl, by all means, sign up and get some records that you're not going to get. But between me, between Nick, go to your local store, support yeah. the, the little guy, the mom and pop shop, because these kind of things, they don't last forever. And we're lucky mm -hmm. to have those little shops that we have right now. If your town doesn't have one, you know exactly what I'm talking about, because you've got nowhere yeah. to go and talk music. So I am not going to sign up for this. My, I haven't added to my vinyl collection in about 10 years. I've been set on what I've got. I've got some good stuff. I've got some shit stuff. I think yeah. I got a record from Bruce Willis. I got the, I got the, uh, the raisins, the raisins singing uh, all sorts of songs. So I don't need anything new in my collection. If you're looking to get old stuff, go to the local, talk to the guy behind the counter and tell Jeff Bezos to go to the moon. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I totally right. agree. Um, and like, you know, like I don't, you know, I'm pretty good with the classics, you know, Sure. I got, I got okay. everything I need uh, you know? <laughs> in terms of that. So there's not a lot that I would, uh, you know, thanks dad for giving me all your records. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's you not know, much I need great, in that regard, you know, this is a great deal for uh, a husband and wife with, you know, no kids or their kids are off at school. 
Yeah. They just recently started smoking weed again. Yeah. And they got they have that coming every week. And then now that now Jeff Bezos sends them a fucking record from their childhood. Yeah. That's all this is. And if that's you, enjoy it. You deserve it. But for everyone else out there that's true music fans that want to support people, go to the go to the mom and pop shops. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a cool it's a cool idea in theory. But yeah, I know what you mean when you say it's just lining the pockets of the big wigs and the the classic rock bands who are already rich. And it doesn't it doesn't really help out the new bands when it comes to you know yeah the, the, the new bands are not given an opportunity to be big enough to, to be able to be part of that um, that kind of situation. And I have a very love hate relationship with the vinyl resurgence. Um, because on one hand, I'm very happy that people are buying music and I'm not going to I'm not going to knock um, people who want to buy music in any form because I sure. realize that artists need the support. They need more than Spotify streams. They need support in buying records, merch, touring. And so if you do love a band and you want to support them by going out and buying LPs and that's your thing, that's awesome. I'm still more of a CD guy. I get records every once in a while, but otherwise I'm good on that regard. But the thing I don't like about the whole vinyl resurgence um, is the whole... Uh, you know, colored vinyl thing. So you got to get Noel Gallagher's new uh, best of, but you can get it on, you know, puke green vinyl. Um, and then you can get it on, you know, you know, piss stained vinyl. Um, and then people, it becomes more, and as somebody who's a collector as well, it becomes more about, oh, I got to collect this version. I need Absolutely. this version of it. I need the blue version and the red version and the green version. And I'm not, again, that's still buying records and supporting the artist. So go for it all you want but it takes a little bit out of the equation where it's actually about the music. It's not about the music. It's about buying pieces of plastic. And as you know, I'm a big, uh, I collect a lot of toys. I collect a lot of Funko pops and action figures. And I've come to a realization with a lot of that, that, that stuff is that um, it's all based on, well, this is rare or this is, um, this is exclusive, right? Or it's got this sticker on it or from record store day or something like that. Instead of being like, oh, I really want to get the songs that are on that record. I really want to hear the songs that are on this thing. You know, you might not even yeah. spin it. You get the you get the red green version of something. You might not even listen to it. So that's how I feel about vinyl. It's a little bit overrated. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree. You know, and like we've been in the vinyl thing for a while. So like we're not just like jumping in at the it's because it's hot, um, you know, and we, we love a good vinyl, but do it the right way. You know what I mean? Like go to, go to your boy at the record store, yeah. drop, drop some money in the, in the community. Um, they can get the records for you too. Jeff Bezos isn't the only one with access to Led Zeppelin and Sabbath records, yeah. you know? And half the fun is going to the record store, flipping through and, and finding things that you might not expect. Absolutely. Um, that's the fun part, right? Absolutely. Digging, digging through the crates and you can't do digging that. Digging through the Amazon. crates, record by record, getting the dust, the tickles in your nose from the dust. That's what you need. Yeah, for sure. That's it. Yeah, you got to get the the the, the uh, rabbit nose going while you're going through those <laughs> those dusty old records. That's the way yeah. to do it. <laughs> for sure. All right, let's get to our final opening act topic for this week's Rock Squad podcast, and that there's a Scott Weiland biopic in the works. Uh, it's a cool. new film that's going to be uh, based on the life of the late great Stone Temple Pilots frontman. Who's we, we love Scott Weiland. We love the music of SCP. That's been no secret on this podcast. Uh, but this is going to be based on his 2012 autobiography, which was called Not Dead and Not for Sale. Um, the movie's going to be called Paper Hearts. There's no word on who's going to play um, Scott Weiland or if they're going to be able to use the music of, uh, of STP or any of his solo stuff. Um, personally, I'm not very excited for this because I don't like rock biopic movies or music biopic movies 
um, in any regard. I often find them to be really um, stereotypical, really cheesy. Um, yep. there, there's always the big play up. I suppose in this movie, they'll probably do that as well. The, you know, they always play up the sex, drugs, and rock and roll angle of everything. Um, there's always a, a scene in the movie where the singer of the band is in the studio with his hand on the, on the headphone, uh, and they get the magic inspiration that they needed to write their biggest hit song. So, you know, maybe yeah. it'll be a, you know, it's almost like Vaseline. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, wait a minute, I got an idea. It's like we should sing tripping on a hole in a paper heart. And yeah. you know, they just they they get the oh, idea dude. like a bolt of lightning. It's stereotypical. I don't like it at all. I would rather watch a music documentary about Scott Weiland than something like this, absolutely. right? Yeah, man. They always have they have that scene, and then they also have the scene where they've been at going at it for a while. And the singers late to the party, yeah. like late to the session, and they're all standing around like we're not going to take this. Somebody yeah. needs to say something. And then he comes, like there's, he always comes in like, like all disheveled, like yeah, he just sunglasses on. And they're like, he's like, and then it's always, what's your problem? It's never, you know, he always switches it. Like I'm here, you know. Yeah. Every movie, man, every movie has that that scene in it. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah I'm not a fan of that easy. either. I'm not a fan of the. Uh, the biopics I, I feel like especially artists like that that i feel like a connection with that we've been like we've followed their career and we've seen them perform and all that stuff it's so tough for me to like sit back and see some hot trotting uh actor you know some young guy Jared like, Leto oh, and Scott i'm Wiley. so crazed on heroin <laughs> you know yeah. and it's like you know that's not how he was you know so yeah. i don't know yeah i'm uh i'm all for a good movie but like I, I don't know. I think for for whatever reason, that era of of rock, even like even watching some of like the Elton John stuff, and like it, it it's hard for me because I'm so invested in the actual art that I'm I I have to force myself to like step back and be like, don't be a snob about it. Like mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I know this wasn't how Rocket Man was was written, but like just sit there and take it, you know. Yeah. So I agree with you. I'm not a big fan of those, and they always do. They they fold into the. Uh, like the cliches and it's always always super cheesy um the only biopic i watched which was a hoot and i feel like it was kind of on par we've talked about it before is the dirt by Molly right, crew yeah. and it's it's disgusting and it's trashy and i think it's exactly what it's supposed to be so <laughs> you know what i mean i couldn't imagine it any other way but right. i've been disappointed through like i was disappointed with the queen one i was disappointed i i was disappointed with elton john uh i just i you know, so why bother? Like, you know what? Maybe for the next generation, like for my kids, do it. But for me, I'm not going to see that movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think someone between the ages of 15 and 25 is going to go. So, what? It, who's it for? Yeah. That's that's what I want to know. Who's 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 signing up for? Who's it? interested? Well, the biopics, yeah. most of them, some of them do, but most of them never even secure the rights to the music that they want yeah. to use for the artist. And so they always end up using some generic stuff that sounds like, you know, the yeah. actual artist, but not, not really. Uh, I think in the queen movie, they had access to music and yeah. rocket man. They did as well. Yeah. They were part that. of the whole, the whole yeah. thing there. Yeah. But it, most of them. Yeah. I think there was a Jimi Hendrix movie with Andre 3000 that came out quite a while yeah, ago. Did it come out? I didn't even know it, it came did. Out. Yeah. But there was no Jimi Hendrix music in it. So what's the point, you know? Yeah. You're yeah, writing all, about... all along the, the, the light tower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just can't quite do it. Yeah. When it, when it comes to bands, it's always better to watch a really awesome documentary. When we think about uh, sure. the Foo Fighters documentary or even, you know, the What Drives Us documentary that Dave Grohl did recently. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. ZZ Top. 
ZZ Top's got a great ZZ, documentary. ZZ Top right documentary. Unbelievable. Um, there's tons of them out there. Metallica, some kind of monster. Fleetwood or, Mac. Fleetwood Mac <laughs> or anything, or an episode of classic albums or something like oh. that. Uh, you're better off watching something like that than uh, a biopic movie because sure. um, they don't really get deep into it in a biopic movie. Personally, I know as, as songwriters ourselves, as musicians, and just fans of music in general, we like to see a little bit more uh, um, in-depth uh, discussion about how they wrote the songs, how they got from point A to point B, how the band formed and how they went through, you know, the Beatles anthology, another great example. Yeah, yeah. That's an eight part documentary. Uh, it's a little bit of a, a cleanup of the overall Beatles story, but it's still a really, really intriguing documentary where they talk to the actual Beatles. They have audio. And Two and a half hours of Ringo on a boat, but it's Yeah, good. exactly. <laughs> and, you know, them, them jamming on the, on the lawn and stuff. But it's still cool and it's very yeah. much informative. Uh, you know, if you're a, a music fan who's wanting to get more into a band and you want to know more about their story, uh, you know, the, the Beatles Get Back documentary that's going to be. I was just going to mention the yeah. new uh, the new Peter Jackson film falls yeah. right into that category. Yeah, that stuff's compelling to me. I'm, I've never been a big, uh, like even reading. <laughs> I'm not a big reader. No, no, no. I, I, I like reading, but I always like autobiographies as opposed to Me too. like, you, you know what I mean? Or like, or biographies on, on topics as opposed to like fiction and stuff. I, mm. I, I just, I like to know real people's stories, you know, like yeah. I'll like from like how it started, how it finished, like the mm. peaks and the valleys, like to I've me, never been more like interesting than real life. Like real life exactly, is the most. Exactly. <laughs> I love fiction. Um, when it comes to fiction, I love movies and television. I'm not a big reader of uh, of fiction, but I'm the same as you. Biographies about uh, bands. I wrote a, I wrote yeah. a biography about the Beatles, which was uh, Mark Lewison's uh, part one of his um, tune in books that he's putting out. Um, but then I read a good book about George Lucas and how he grew yeah. up and how he came up with Star Wars, which was really interesting. I really like reading that. It's interesting too because I've always been such a fan of bio-y kind of things, mm. and now with podcasting, it's opened up a whole new level. Like you used to have to wait. Like when we were growing up, you used to have to wait for a book yeah. to like cover all the topics. Now, if it, the artist is open and willing, you can just tune in and listen to him talk in detail yeah. about those trials and tribulations and how how he overcame things and what really got him and his you know, where his hardships were growing up and all that stuff, which is super compelling to me. And I think that's why the success of podcasting has happened mm -hmm. the way it has, because I, I don't think we're alone. There's lots of people that don't like to read unless it's uh, something that tickles that whistle, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's get to our headliner topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast. And that is that Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit has hit 1 billion streams on uh, Spotify. It's actually the second song from the 90s to do that. My Boys in Oasis with Wonderwall were the first band in oh. the 90s to hit 1 billion streams on Spotify. But we're still very happy for Nirvana, for, uh, for sure. Kurt and Chris and, uh, and uh, Dave Grohl. Uh, they're not together anymore, obviously. But uh, where does the band has made a total of uh, $1 from these billion streams? I'm, <laughs> I'm just joking. 65 uh, cents in the mail, boys. 65 yeah. cents in the mail. Congratulations, guys. You made it. Um, but I still think that's that's cool because uh, it's one of the biggest songs on any platform. And, you know, it speaks to the um, endurance, the enduring uh, legacy of, uh, of Nirvana. Do you think this is something to be celebrated, Dave? Dude, we say it all the time. Good music doesn't die. Yeah. You know, and that's that's uh this is a prime example of that and Wonderwall. You know, people love those songs and uh it's you know, it's no surprise to me, man. That yeah. that song 
uh, changed so many people and changed, changed the direction of what was happening. You know, people really forget that when that song came out, it was right as, you know, like latex and, and uh, not latex, uh, like all the, what's, 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 what's the spandex, 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 all the spandex and the big hair was just coming out yeah. and, or going down and <laughs> out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And out of nowhere came these dirty guys from Seattle. And uh, I think people forget that how shitty music was Yeah, like, we're, we're like, we're talking hair, like bad hair metal and like Tiffany, you know, like, so, <laughs> What's wrong with Tiffany? Got, Hey man, you, I think, I think we're alone now, Nick. I think we're alone. Are now. you bad? Are you using the rock squad podcast to bad mouth Tiffany? Listen, man, I went to all the, all the shows in the mall. All right. Yeah, I gained too- 50 pounds on Cinnabon that summer. Give it's going to be in the news tomorrow. Like Dave Marini versus Tiffany. And you know what though? Honestly, Tiffany, I think we're alone now. I think I have a I have a cassette of me at like five years old singing. I think we're alone <laughs> now. You yeah. know, it, it was man, it was a smash hit. You can't take that away from Tiffany. Tiffany's still a babe, man. She's still a babe. Totally. <laughs> if it wasn't for Tiffany, where would Mall of America be? Yeah, exactly. They would have closed down years ago. No ice skating, no roller coasters, no Tiffany. That's what's going to happen. I'm, I'm just going to look this up real quick because now, because we're talking about Spotify streaming numbers. I want to see how many streams that Tiffany's, I think we're alone now, which is oh, a cover, by the way. It's a cover. I'm going to say 80 million. 80 million. All right. 123 million, 810,529. Tiffany, she's got 1 million monthly listeners she's doing all right you know she is fine yeah tiffany's good yeah totally and <laughs> i love how this conversation <laughs> turned from nirvana <laughs> to tiffany um but yeah totally well back to nirvana and never mind and uh it smells like teen spirit the thing about it, that record is that it still sounds awesome uh sure. it's, when you put on smells like teen spirit it still jumps out of the speakers you know, that opening, uh, that opening drum line from Dave is amazing. Um, and I'm so happy that the youth of today, because I'm assuming that's where most of these streams are coming from, is today's youth, is that the youth yeah. of today are still discovering Kurt Cobain and his music, are still angsty and, uh, and still uh, discovering this great music. As, same with Wonderwall or anything, really. It's, you know, we talk about, it's different, right? Eve Six and Third Eye Blind are not the same to me, obviously, as Nirvana and Oasis. Some people might disagree on Oasis, but Oasis uh, is not a one-hit wonder. They don't have many hits in the U.S., but they have many, many hits and are a gigantic band. But Nirvana yeah. is never a band that people would be like, oh, they're better left in the 90s. That They yeah, are no. still... Um, yep. I know Kurt's no longer with us, but Nirvana is still a living, breathing thing. Um, sure. the, the people are discovering this music every day. Uh, so, sure. and the, the, yeah, Butch Vick's uh, production on Nevermind, it still sounds great. It doesn't need yeah. any modern polishes. It still sounds awesome. Yeah, man. And that, you know, it goes back to, uh, we were just talking about ZZ Top and Tom Petty and those are all Sound City bands, man. They ha- that room had something going on that yeah. um, really captured all those artists and was able to produce some some of the best sounding rock and roll ever, like in the yeah. history of rock and roll. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing. It's amazing that Dave uh, happened to keep that keep that board, and now that board's at their studio. And you know, I think it has to do a lot with that room. I think everybody that came through that room got blessed, whether yeah. they knew it or not. You know. 
Yeah. And that goes, I think the, I think even Millie Vanilli recorded there. It's like, Did they? <laughs> it's like everything that touched that room. Came the people out that did Millie Vanilli's voices. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they worked there. They were cleaning the room when it happened, and then they're like, yeah. uh, "I let me take a stab." At this. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think we'll get in trouble if I play the 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 smells like Teen Spirit riff from YouTube? Do you think they'll give us a copyright strike? I don't know. Let's see. Spin it up. Oh my God! They muted you. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Trust kind of out of tune. Sorry, guys. But, it's uh, amazing. <laughs> You're making me jealous. I just want to jam again. That's all. I know. It's coming up, Dave. I got my second vax. We're vaxxed, bud. We're vaxxed. We're all vaxxed up. Yeah, for sure. We're good for, to go. Ready yeah. to jam. We should, we should change our band name to the Open Mouth Kisses. <laughs> yeah. Alt. Just change it to Tongue. All Tongue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't, come see, don't come see our band. You're getting Open Mouth. That's yeah, exactly. Oh, hi. Thanks for coming to see us. This is reminds me of an episode of Friends where like Chandler's trying to he kisses Monica and he doesn't want people to know that they're dating. So then he goes to the room and kisses Rachel too and kisses Phoebe. He like kisses that's what he does. Like, he's like, he's like, nice to see you. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just watched that episode. I've been uh I've been hammering some uh friends reruns over the last yeah. little bit. Classic. And do you find that nostalgic shows like that, like the Seinfelds and the Friends? um honestly sometimes when i put it on it's almost as good as meditating yeah like i put it on and like i just like i can zone out because i've seen it a million times yeah. or whatever it's, food, when it's, I put it on, it's like yeah it's almost like a like a heavy blanket almost like yeah. it's like it, it can take you to just like whatever has been bugging you to be like oh this is a good one you yeah. know and then you wait totally. for the uh you wait for it but Enough yeah. of us nerding out over friends and uh, well, I've, been, I've been watching The Simpsons lately. I've been working my way through <laughs> Me too, the Simpsons. me too. Um, and it's all the stuff that I used to watch when I was a kid. Um, yeah. And I remember all the jokes. I remember everything. And I'm still laughing because it's still hilarious. Uh, oh, yeah. And it is a comfort thing. Sure. Same with music or anything like that. It, it brings you comfort if it's you know familiar, if it's something that you love. Um, it's Yeah, it is like meditating. It is like, uh, you know relaxation yeah, to, to do something totally. and hey speaking of the simpsons uh congratulations to conan o'brien for moving on from network television yeah uh going out uh, i know we're both uh, big conan o'brien fans mm -hmm. so uh it's uh it's sad to see him go but i'm sure he's probably got a spotify deal in the works so he's yeah. technically com uh, competition with us so go fuck yourself, Conan, no, and have a good run. <laughs> yeah, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is a great, is one of my favorite podcasts. It's so. awesome. It's really he's good. awesome. Yeah, for sure. And he's an influence. He's always been an influence for us, uh, um, just as people. Like his his, sure. his humor, his brand of humor is very much up our alley. And I remember I, I remember God. watching, like us hanging out years ago, watching Conan. Like we would be at sure. your house, like watching TV. And I remember us watching Conan. Yeah, man, I wouldn't be the man I am. Or the personality I am without a little Andy Richter and a masturbating bear. Yeah. <laughs> Try just the truth, people. All the just rest the truth. That's how it is. Well, yeah. the, the conversation was about Nirvana. It ended on Simpsons and Friends and Conan. Nirvana rocks. Everyone knows Nirvana rocks. One billion streams. It'll be 10 billion by the end of the end of the year. They, yeah. they, they're not hurting. Tony <laughs> loves right. doing fine. Yeah. It smells like teen spirit. Still awesome. Still awesome. All right, let's wrap up our Rock Squad podcast. But first, we have to get to our tracks of the week. What do you got, Dave? Uh, you know what? I've I've been listening a lot to Portugal the Man the last little bit. 
Nice. Uh, they're one of my favorite like festival bands. I've seen them a bunch of times at festivals. Um, so Portugal, the man, feel it. And Portugal, the man, because it's summertime, the sun. Nice. So two Portugal, the man tracks to check out. I, uh, I love that band originally from uh, Alaska, relocated to Portland, Oregon. Uh, they're definitely a touring band. So if you haven't heard them on the radio or you don't know who they are, uh, they definitely will come to your town. They definitely will play a rock and roll show and you will definitely have a good time. So if you have a good, if you ever get a chance, go check out Portugal, the man, Nick, who's on yours. Um, I picked a couple of songs this week. Uh, we were talking Eve six. Um, I don't like the new EP, so I'm going to pick one of their older songs from cool. 2003, uh, from the album called it's all in your head. There's a song on that record called at least we're dreaming, um, which cool. is an awesome. Have you, do you know that song, Dave? I do know that song. That's yeah, a super great cool. song. It's a great yeah. rock and uh, rock tune. So Eve six, at least for dreaming. Uh, and the song that I, you know what? I, uh, I really, I have heard the song before, but I only really became a fan of it over the last year um, because it's on the Bill and Ted's bogus journey soundtrack. Cool. Uh, and I'm not a hair metal fan by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a song by winger, which is an, uh, an 80s uh, hair metal band or early 90s uh, hair metal band. And it's a song called Battle Stations. Um, it is a great song. Uh, it's like, I don't know, it's very anthemic. It's um, cool. it's in the movie. It's in Bill and Ted. There's a great scene. I think it's when their uh, the, uh, station is putting together the robot Bill and Ted's and they're cool. riding in the van, right? Um, I don't know. If you, if you haven't heard it, it's it's one of my favorite songs. I just It's one of those songs like you're like, yeah! right battle stations right so if you haven't heard winger battle stations from bill and ted uh you should definitely check it out those are my tracks of the week awesome yeah all right so let's uh let's wrap up the show you can follow me at the walking nick and uh where can the folks follow you dave uh you can follow me red coast records on facebook red coast records on instagram red coast records on the twitter uh we hey we play in a rock and roll band we play rock and roll ourselves we write original music and we release it to the world it's foolsunion.com fools union on spotify fools union on apple music anywhere you get your music you can get our music make sure you sign up for the mailing list make sure you comment on the video below make sure you subscribe to our channel we need you. We need your support. Need your You've help. been so great so far, but we're building it. We're building this amazing network of people to give amazing content to all based around rock and roll. I think that's it. Have I missed anything, Nick? No, man, we're good to go. Tomorrow's Canada well, Day. So happy Canada Day to our uh, happy Canada Day brothers and sisters. Yeah. Rock on, my friend. Rock on, Dave. We'll see you next week. Next week.